Hello, and uh, welcome to a solo episode of Splitboost Podcast, BTW Online. Um, mm. It's myself and Inkwire today, and I will be giving a quick NFL, well, really a quick roundup, but I'll be talking about NFL. Um, my co-host Trudy is unavailable at the moment, so I'm going to be taking you through, you know, through the latest, you know, um, NFL is my expert field so what i'm probably going to do is i'm going to go through the latest news i'm going to touch on jerry jones i'm going to touch on um Dak versus carson wentz and i'm also going to go through every single team in the nfl division by division and give a quick um analysis of where they are right now or where i see them going after you know we're over a quarter of the season now you know we've gone five games now for, for over a quarter of the season now so think it's a good time to kind of go through you know each team and just talk about them a little bit but i'm gonna like i said i'm gonna talk about jerry jones in the last episode myself and judy um talked about the race during the film and i do remember saying that i don't buy the nfl you know this nfl stance against Donald trump i don't i think it was was bullshit. well not only was it too little too late it just stuck i mean and i think i was proven right because less less than a week later a week later, she's going to be a week later. Like some owners, um, have them back and saying, you know, that they're going to force their players to stand during the national anthem. You know, it was rumored that two owners were going to um, suspend players if they protested against the flag. And it's so funny because it's only a week ago that this the whole league was was solidarity, and week later. You know, almost the two weeks later, I say, well, it's almost two weeks later, but yeah, whatever. For the sake of this argument, I say we play are. We play are. We're back to the same point. Um, my first my first guess when I heard all this was, yeah, it's going to be the Jets and the Cowboys. Honestly, it's Jets and the Cowboys. We know, you know. We know how. I think it's Woody Johnson, the owner of the Jets. So, Woody Johnson, you know, feels um, about the flag and these bridges. And we know, I've always known how Jerry Jones felt. Jerry Jones was public about his thoughts on this. He said that any player who doesn't stand during the national anthem. Well, pretty much, he pretty much said, you know, in certain words, he said that any player that doesn't stand for the national anthem is going to get suspended and um, or won't be playing for his team. And this is the funny thing about the NFL. There's NFL players in the NFL, NFL as an NFL PA um, protects the players. The owners can't suspend players for not taking for you know taking a stand and protesting it's not in the, the rules do not dictate that players have to stand it suggests or instructs players to stand but it doesn't forbid the players protesting you know what i mean so these owners you know are trying to force their power you know you know use their power to kind of get their own way i think is it says a lot more about them i think jerry jones is being very public because he's jerry, i think he thinks he can say it and do what he wants um like I don't want to get too deep into one myself because I could be here all night long. Um, but the NFL is inherently racist. So this before, you know, it's a league that's seventy percent black. Yeah, whereas you know the owners are pretty much are you know almost all white. The league where majority of managers are white, but the actual players form seventy percent of them are black. You know, so there's there's connotations to slavery days. You know, the slave um, the slave masters being white and the slaves being you know being black with slaves being the owners being uh. Uh, the masters being owners and uh, the players being slaves, but like I said, it's inherently racist. And I think when situations like this arise, you know, it's so easy to see where a lot of these key figures in the sport stand. 
you know, I commend the players, some of the Cowboys players, you know, who were told to stand, still raise, a few of them still raise their fists. But I don't think Jerry Jones would ever follow through with this if I am actually going to spend players if players like if Dak, Zeke, and Dez all protested. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a lot of empty threats, but I think he's more of a statement thing, regardless of a statement thing or not. He's, you know, he's kind of showing himself, showing his ass, should I say, do you know what I mean? And I just think it's, I think it's about time the league gets accepted that players are going to protest. Aaron is accepted that players are going to protest. And Richard Gerdau released a statement where he says that he talks about, he talks about how the flag needs to be respected, the country's servicemen and, uh, you know, former uh, the, the military, you know, former soldiers, regardless of people who serve for the country, need to be respected. But this is my problem with the total issue in the first place. The, the protest is not this. I think this this is what's so so hard to accept. The protest is not against those who serve in the military, those who serve in the army, baby soldiers, regardless. It's not against servicemen and women. And this is the point of it. These are these are educated men. These are not these are not like you know brain dead fool these are educated men educated men who are re- refusing to accept um refusing to see what's really going on uh just so they can get their way players players are protesting them are a distraction and players are distraction cost them money and that's how they're seeing this this is not a protest about service men and women you know against against service men and women it's their protest against you know the brutality and the unfair um and um, just you know, it's uh, the retaliate against people of color, like unfair treatment, you know, and, uh, unfair treatment of against people of color by the police. It's not a protest against um, against those men and women at all. But these owners are using this, you know, just to get their own way. And I think it's like it just speaks a lot about them. It speaks, like I said, Roger Goodall put a statement out there, and he went and talked about. So I digress. Talk about how the protests shouldn't, the players shouldn't be able, shouldn't be protested, but they be respecting the flag and around the flag. And honoring servicemen and women, and then at the same breath he goes that yeah, they accept that players who are given the right to address social issues. Okay, Roger, these players are addressing social issues. They are protesting because of the social, the social injustices that people of color have to go through every day. Some of them, some of the players, some of the players who are employed by the NFL, some of these teams have gone through themselves. Michael like Ben went through this himself recently, do you know what I mean? Some of these players have gone through this themselves and this is what they're protesting about. They're not protesting about, you know, protesting against service when they're not protesting the flag, what the flag stands for. They are protesting, well, actually they are, actually they are protesting what the flag stands for. You know, let me lie to you, the stand stands for so much systematic racism that, you know, and it affects people who they know. But like I said, I'm not going to get too much into it by myself, but I think what Jerry Jones said is, um, I think, He's gonna get away with it because he's Jerry Jones, but as an owner, I think as the other owners, the owners need to understand that you cannot, you cannot do this in this league. You cannot, you can't, you can't be this public and this vocal about something like this because it's so detrimental. So much. He's almost alienated. He's um, a lot of his black players, which are his employees. If he is the boss, his employees alienated them with his comments. So this is gonna have a, <clears throat> a really big effect. On the cow, and an already destructed cowboy season, already destructed cowboy season. But sticking to the cowboys, I'm gonna go on to talk about um, that Prescott versus Carson Wentz. Now, um, last season, uh, the Cowboys were the best regular season team in the league. Um, they went as far as the divisional game where they 
eventually succumbed to the marvelous Aaron Rodgers. Um, but overall, it was a very good season for the Cowboys, who the season before had a terrible one. But it was a very good season for the Cowboys. And their blueprint was, you know, a good running game. And the revelation of the revelation, which was <clears throat> which was Dak Prescott, you know, he was, you know, he won rookie of the year. And I think the Cowboys saw the story as we finally got a franchise QB. Now, uh, on the flip side, you know, in the same division, the Philadelphia Eagles drafted um, Carson Wentz in that very in that very same draft, and he had a a topsy-turvy season. You know, he had a few ups, a few more downs, but he did have a few ups. So coming to the season, you know, two rookie QBs going to the sophomore seasons, it was always going to be a case of you know seeing where they were. Obviously, the Cowboys as a as a general team were, I think, ahead of the Eagles. But um, this year, it seems like the day was a turn. The Cowboys are now struggling because Dak, who played really, he played really well this rookie year. That's not, that's not, you know, I'm not gonna lie to you. But he was helped by a very good line, a very good running game. As a QB, you know, the perfect tonic for a QB is having a good line and a good run game. It makes your job so much easier. <clears throat> and we're seeing how this year Dallas are struggling in that very same apartment. They're not running the ball as well as they did last season. Zeke, wherever it's through, wherever it's the play calling the O line or him, you know, the distraction he's facing himself isn't running as well as last year. So that puts more pressure on Dak. Now, watching Dak this year throw the ball a lot more times than he did last year, it makes you wonder. His release isn't a smooth release. He's not, you know, he hasn't he doesn't have the crispiest passing league, but he has, you know, the know-how and the ability to identify, you know, over targets. I think his delivery and his release is what lets him down. It's right, him and Z- and, and Des Bryant are on the same page. Whereas Des Bryant has had his struggles, Dak hasn't helped him at all. He's you know they just can't seem to gel. He seems to find you know Dak excels at slant, you know quick throws in the slant. He, he excels at finding his tight ends through the middle. He excels at these throws there. Sometimes when he's you know when he's on a run, he has to improvise. He excels as he excels at those passes. When it's time to find his deep receivers, he's very hit and miss, which is which you know, which which <clears throat> you've seen in his um kind of in his throws target towards Des Bryant. You know, even in the game against Denver, we saw that a number of the throws he targeted towards Des, you know, were great throws. And obviously, you know, Des being the being the you know the confident figure that he is, he's gonna get more reflected than that will, you know, that being the top of QB. But he's struggled a lot more because he's had to throw a lot more. He's had to take on responsibility a lot more do you know what i mean on the flip side carson wentz seems to have hit the ground running in year two you know uh, it's 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 very it's crazy because i watched one full eagle game i think i've won watched four one full eagle games this this year and i've other games i've you know i've seen highlights and even then he's seems you know he's polished his skills in the season he's got you know he's improved his um parts completion rate you know what I mean? He's improved the he's improved the met you know the metrics pass completion and the other attempt. They've improved them on, on last year. And um he looks like the better QB of the two at the moment. It's a great last year, you know, NFL GM said that Carson Wentz was the better QB out of the two. And we all laughed because we all saw how impressive that was. And that's the thing with NFL fans. We you, you do fall into this what have you done for me lately kind of attitude. Kind of like you know, a lot of times we see what's going on right now and forget about the tangibles. Obviously, with Ricky Cubit, it's very easy to look at you know what's going right and what's going wrong as we look at the tangibles. 
And if we had, I think we had focus, which is why they are GMs or not, if we had focus on those things, we would have realised that Carter Wentz may be the better QB. I'm not saying that he's a better QB right now, but at this moment in time, Wentz looks a lot more polished. He's releases a lot more. He identifies, I think he can read defences better than Dak does. When it comes to breaking up the pocket and running, maybe Dak maybe, you know, just slightly, slightly better, you know, but Wentz is no slouch either. However, <clears throat> when it comes to, you know, changing the play at the line of scrimmage, Wentz is ahead of that because he's had to, Wentz had to do a lot more in his rookie year compared to Dak. Wentz had a lot less to work with compared to Dak. So I think that learning curve is, you know, the reason why he is where he is now. You know, this could be, in this division especially, this could be, you know, the, because obviously Eli Manning is, you know, on a decline um, and, um, Cousin may not be being watched next season, so these two QBs may be the face of the NFC East going forward. So, you know, I'm not saying that you know one is better. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not saying there's a clear disparity between the two. They are both very good young QBs with in a second year. Um, Wentz looks a lot more a lot more polished than Dak, but at the same time, Dak will lead his team to a um to the division of play the division of playoffs. Do you know what I mean? So. It's, I can't, if you had, like I said, if I had to pick, if I had to pick between the two, and then figure, like I said, I just said, and if I find love to go off, what's going right, right now, so, it'd be easy for me to say, you know, I'm going to Wentz, but the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Wentz is, he's had a lot more to do, and he's had a lot less to work with, that's why I'm taking Wentz over Dak, and if you break it down to the way they play, because like I said, you know, Wentz is a better release than Dak, Wentz can Wentz can um, Wentz can read defenses probably better than Dak does. Not by a great amount, but the fact that he's able to he he has the um, <clears throat> he has the ability to and he's given the responsibility to do as well to change the play that line of scrimmage. He does that a lot more than Dak does. Do you know what I mean? He looks like he's a smart QB, but when I'm saying he, I'm saying that he's better than Dak at all these things, but it's not by a great margin. So don't get twisted. Dak's still a very good QB. I think these two QBs are going to be the face the face of these franchises going forward. So that's going to be a good battle to go for. Uh, Tonight to go for to watch over the next um, the next few weeks. Okay, so it's time to go through the thirty-two NFL teams, and I'm going to go through where they all stand. It's going to be quite a long one. <laughs> I'm going to try to go through it as quickly as possible. I'm going to start off in the NFC North. Okay, um, leading this division, Steelers. It's crazy that. Three and two. This team is um, seems pretty much a mess. They lost against the Bears. Uh, it was one probably one of those, one of, you know it's one of those games, but I should have sent an alarm alarm bells ringing. Um, but the funny thing is, defense is an issue here. You'd think of a team that has Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, Mark Davis, Bryant, Le'Veon Bell. You'd think that the defense would be an issue, but it's actually the offense. Um, but we watched we watched the game on Sunday. At home to the Ravens, you'd expect the the Cedars to have won that game, but they were embarrassed. And there's a lot of reasons why. Ben isn't playing well. Ben threw five picks and three pick sixes, if I'm not mistaken. Or was it two, two pick sixes in a row? Off you know, one play after the other. So, teams are playing good. He's not getting the ball to his receivers or play designs aren't right. And Le'Veon Bell is still getting into the roofing. For the second season in a row, they've not, they haven't started with Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell, Farinals. In his last season, you know, he said a suspension. <clears throat> this season is coming off a contract dispute, so he didn't really have it. He hasn't had off season two in a row. So, you know, it's 
always going to be tough. Um, I want to say that I want to say that you know things things going to improve, but this division has become tight out of the blue. You know, uh, they started off well, but they've you know uh, had two disappointing losses, and now they're pretty much stuck in a battle with two other teams in the division. Um, <clears throat> the Ravens three and two, and the team that Duke just at the start. Defense, the defense is definitely talented. You know, there's no denying it. But uh, they were we were they were victims of what I was talking about in the last segment. You know, what have you done for me lately? Everyone touted this team as, you know, a dominant defense that can win for this team. But then they didn't account for Joe Flacco just not being on the ball. It's probably like the worst QB when the Super Bowl current the worst currently playing Super Bowl QB behind Eli Manning. That's how crazy it is. But um going forward, I don't have much hope for this team because they can't do it for the offense. If the QB can't, if the QB can't win it for you, there's no hope for you. Uh, it's a team that's once again decimated by injuries, but this is football, and they just yeah, you've got to start looking at the future for the team because Joe Flacco isn't going to do it for you. You have to trade him away. Um, the Bengals, um, despite Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis, his team still has a chance of winning this division. They're currently two and three. They had an awful start. That first game against the Ravens was abysmal. But um, I think they're starting to get back on track. They, you know, they're scoring on they're scoring on offense games. So AJ Green, even though he went off, I think he went off injured on Sunday. AJ Green scoring. Um, they've got some semblance resemblance of a, of a running game, but uh, it's going to be on. You know, it's going to be on a lot. Of, a lot's going to be weighing on Dalton and then Marvin Lewis and how they do it. I think it's pretty much the end of these two. Well, at least one of the two in um in Cincinnati, but. Uh, yeah, I think they, they're, they're definitely not out of it. I think the Bengals have a lot to play for, especially in the division, because they're where the Steelers and Ravens are both fighting each other. The Browns, well, it's, it's just another season on the toilet for them. Um, the reason why I say this, I'm not, this, the Browns are still a few pieces away from being, not even a threat, but a, a you know, decent team that can play with games. Um, they've got talent in this team, especially in the defense. Uh, we saw Miles Garrett come back Sunday. Jason Collins has been clear to play. They got, uh, they got um, uh, uh, Jabril Peppers, you know, in the secondary. So they've got talent on defense. So offense is the issue. Um, Deshaun Kaiser has been benched, and that's a move that I think Hugh Jackson has taken. Probably, probably to probably save his game and save the season. But I think it's a very terrible move because he's given him fair enough. He's made mistakes. Uh, I think something like he's throwing. I think I'm not too sure. But I got double checking this. Five red zone picks in in top drives. Which is pretty awful, you know. That's terrible. But um, you can't blame it if you've got no weapons. You don't have. You don't really have a run game. Your O-line is better than QB, and you've got a young QB having to do a lot with nothing. So he was bound to make mistakes. And I think being he's been now been benched uh, for um, Kevin Hogan. And fair enough, Kevin Hogan did for you know for a touchdown pass at the end of the game against the. Uh, Yes, but I don't think that's the reason why they seem to keep my quarterback's reason why they seem suffering. So it's gonna be a long season for the Browns. They'll probably win a game, but I think it's another it's gonna be another season where they'll have another one another number one of overall pick and or never no number one overall pick, but they'll have a high draft pick. But do you waste that pick on QB? Because it seems he's to go through starting QBs like crazy, so I don't know what's next for this team. It's because the season's Season season over for them. They've had sparks. There's been a few. There've been a few moments in the season where the Browns have played well, but overall, they've just not been able to consistently do things well 
you know, to, you know, to win games. So this team, there's sort of a lot of work to do, and I think the QB, a QB change isn't, isn't what this team needs to improve. I think a lot more needs to go into it. Like, they need a lot more offensive weapons, but they can even start dreaming of, you know, becoming a decent team this week. Okay, the NFC North. Packers are top of the division, 4-1. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time because I realise the first segment, the first division, I went, went through too much details. But um, Packers are 4-1. Um, a lot of th- these wins are papering over a lot of the cracks, and the cracks are the injuries. There's a lot of injuries on this team. However, they're winning games where the season's gone by, they probably would have lost. So they're beating the Cowboys and the Seahawks for a really, really good win. With the loss against us, the Falcons is the biggest saying on their record. But like I said, you know, they've got a lot of injuries. If they can carry on winning games despite these injuries, I think it'll be a good season for them. Um, the Lions, another typical uh, season with Matt Stafford, now the highest paid QB in the league. Um, losing against the Panthers and the Falcons at home is a, a big measuring stick for this team because it shows you where they are. You can't quite do it against the big boys, but they're ahead of you know the second tier team. So you know they're a team that's kind of in between the tier one and tier two, and I think it's going to be like that until they can start winning a few games. <clears throat> They've got the Saints, Steelers, and Packers in the next three, so that's going to go a long way to deciding where the team can lose the season. The Vikings, um, a team that's going through a lot of QB change right now, uh, QB, QB issues. Um, Sam Bradford came in on Monday night, but obviously wasn't healthy enough to return. He got pulled. Case Keenan went on the center, and he, with the help of the defense, he was able to, you know, leave, uh, they were able to leave Chicago with the win. Fair enough, it is the Bears, probably the poorest team in the league, but if they can keep winning these games, like, you know, when Sam Bradford is fit and healthy, or even when Teddy Bridgewater, who's, you know, who's on the horizons of her return, when he comes back, you know, the scene could be in a decent place, maybe mount for like a late there for sure, just go another, you know, another eight and eight season. But um I think the biggest thing to worry about here is the QB controversy. And the Bears, they're one of four, and you may think you're not a terrible season, but it's the Bears. You know, they find they've dropped Mike Lennon for Mitch Trubisky. And it's crazy because a lot of there was a lot of criticism on Mike Lennon. You know, not just not being able to do it, and I, I think he was unfairly pulled because so this team has nothing on both sides of the ball, so they have no weapons on either side of the ball, and they you've asked a veteran QB to kind of like you know carry this team, and you've pulled him now for a rookie. And to be honest, Trubisky is the face of the franchise going forward. Obviously, it makes sense for it to start, but why didn't you start him all along? It just didn't make sense. So I think it's going to be a case of. Just, you know, Jared Trubisky learning the hard way. You know, like a big, a really big learning curve for him. So this guy, this is the French of the franchise. So you got to build him around. So makes sense for him to start. <clears throat> so, and the AFC, the AFC East. <laughs> this is a division, you know, a division dominated, usually dominated by the Patriots. But this, at this point in the season, the Bills are top of the division 3-2. and two. Um, They play like an 8-18. A team that doesn't have many weapons, a team that has a decent QB and a decent, mm, just above average running game. Like Nishon McCoy isn't an, in an average running back, but you know he can't carry the whole load. And they've lost, you know, they've lost weapons. Charles Clay probably the best receiving player, and he's gone down to an injury. Um, however, they've won games, won games against against the Falcons in Atlanta, and when they get it right, the Bills can beat any team in the league, but. Against teams like this, don't always get it right all the time, which is why they're an eight and eight team, or you know, it's seven and nine, or nine and seventeen. A team that have 
that kind of record but not make the playoffs. So you've got Tara Kubi I caught about who is a good QB to have, but he's very limited. He's gonna get you so far. It's a good defense, a good young defense, but <clears throat> in fact as top QB, you're not gonna get very far. They've got a good running a good running back, we had a decent running game, but like a QB, you're not gonna get very far. And that's the Bills. The Jets, the Jets are second division. The funny thing is, I am I and along with a lot a lot of other people for the Jets were weren't gonna get one or two wins and they're already at three and two. It's not get carried away though. Um the divisions have come against the Jags, Dolphins, and the Browns, so not the best bunch of players, but you know you've got to be who's in front of you. Um they head again they head off they're playing the Patriots this weekend, so we're gonna see where this team really is, but I can predict that this would be a bounce back game for the Patriots themselves who who are struggling. It's the first time in this uh this era of Belichick and Tom Brady where I think the team is actually struggling. Like Brady's forty now. So, you know, when you hit Brady, it's gonna take a long a lot longer to recover. And on top of that, they've lost um, Edelman for the year. And Gronk isn't healthy. Amendola is in and out of the game. Um, the running game is is there. You know, obviously they got they got they got like a running running back by committee. Um, White Lewis. And, oh, I've got the other name. Agilisley. Um, but the problem here is the defense. The defense is terrible, 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 terrible. You know, high leverageous acquisitions hasn't worked out in a, in, in the secondary. Um, is you know. Uh, Ninkovic is gone, and players they brought in just haven't fit, haven't fit enough more. One of the worst defenses in the league, and that's what's holding the team back. And people are saying, for once, Tom Brady's going to see what it's like to not play about defense, and he's already seen it because <clears throat> he's Tom Brady's still playing well, but he's having to do so much more. And at that age, he can't sustain it, so he's going to keep getting hits. He's got an injury to his non-throwing shoulder, so that's going to that's going to limit him. And that's something that could probably only get worse if you know he's getting hit. So this team isn't where they were last year and that's because they've you know they've lost weapons here and there, a few weapons here and there and let's not forget that Belichick traded away a lot of good defense players Jamie Collins you know um Chandler Jones all gone from this team and they're, they're players they could use right now really really use right now so we're in time for the Patriots Dolphins 2-2 and two. um I mean it's just a mess you know obviously you know with the recent with the recent hurricanes <clears throat> they weren't able to start in week one Pass come to London, you know, you've got you've got, uh, you've got um, Jay Cutler there for the Indiana Hill, and now you know, <laughs> after all of that, you know, all of this going on, you know, the now former offensive line coach Chris Rosa was, you know, was has left the team almost because he's been sacked. No, I think he resigned actually after a video surface of him snorting lines of a white substance, so he's out of the team now. And it's just difficult with the Dolphins in the recent years. Like, regardless of what's going on in the field, if it's good or bad, there's always off the field distractions. And it's happened to them again. So, 2 and 2, um, it's going to be another season of pure mayhem where things off the field are going to distract them. The NFC East, um, the Eagles are 4 and 1. They look good. Uh, as I said in the earlier segment, once he's playing well, um, it's amazing what an offseason does. Like I said, you know, he's worked on. Works on these games, come back a different player, and they look. This team looks really good. He seems to be, even though he still has, doesn't really have the right weapon around him. That line is back. Like you got um, uh, Lane Johnson is back on this team, and that's helping him a lot. When he's in a team, this team plays a lot better. Um, and the thing is, is that for a young QB, all you need is a good defensive line, and defensive line is playing better this year, so that's good. Um, he's finding his, his receivers are catching his balls. Receivers are playing better, so 
<clears throat> just only bodes well for a young QB. And uh, the defense has always been pretty good, always been good. So a Jim Schwartz, a Jim Schwartz defense is always going to be good. And he's doing well. So the Eagles are doing well. And they, by the time you hear this, they probably would have played the Panthers already. So another, it's going to be another good measuring stick for the scene to see exactly where they are. Um, yeah, only got nothing but good things here about the, the Seagulls team. Um, the Redskins <laughs> are on a bye week now, and they'll come back, they'll be 2-2, and they'll be ahead of the Cowboys, and I'm um, two games behind the Eagles. <laughs> it's funny, because this team is a 500 team at the moment. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, as much as I collect Cousins, Kirk Cousins is just, he's average QB. He'll do well in some games, he'll do bad in some games. He won't consistently do it for you. A lot of people are going to throw first stats, the figures in my face, yes, but it's not the QB that's going to need you to throw. It's not a team that's going to get to throw. There's no more weapons on this team. He's throwing to nobody. And, you know, I say, you know, I might say, I can say he's average or easy. I think there's an average QB. And when you deprive more weapons, he's only going to, he's going to be exposed. The running game isn't working. They can't get the running game going. Injuries affect the running game. And, their defense, their defense is defense isn't as good as it has gone by. Fair enough, you know they got weapons, they got players in secondary, but defense isn't as good. I don't see the special team being a uh, being a threat. I think this they might even lose uh, Cousins in free agency because you know their franchise, of course, could in a row. So you don't know where this team's headed. I don't think they. I think that the owner need the owners, the GM, and a coach need to, I mean, you know, they need to decide what's happening with the team. I think they need to start looking at the 2018 season already. Um, Cowboys, we must three in a row now. Things aren't that rosy as did last year. The running game, so we'll put that earlier on, isn't much, it isn't as successful as it was last year. So, also a lot more attack, and that just doesn't look as comfortable as it did last year. There seems to be finding it hard to be on the same page as in. And the defense, which has always been a cause concern, is being exposed because when you get a shootout, as we saw in the game against the Packers, once again, Rogers will toss you. You know, when it comes to when you need your defense to bail you out, you know, they're going to toss you, so you're going to get toasted. So it's a team that's seen its very small window close already. So unless they get some defensive weapons in, some, you know, good acquisitions over the next 18 months or so, I think it's curtains will be seen when the windows close. And boy, the New York footballing Giants, 0-5, and it's already a terrible season. <clears throat> They've lost Odell, they lost Brandon Marshall, season-ending injuries, and Jonathan Jenkins is absent, and you're starting to see holes, holes around the team. Like, I don't want to blame on Eli Manning completely, but it's the wrong game. It's a wonderful, nobody respects the Giants' wrong game, and it's crazy. I want to get a bit technical here, but when you can just play two deep sh- a two-deep shell, so play two deep safeties, <clears throat> and there the Giants run the ball against, you know, let's say, you know, four, you know, uh, three down linemen, and just you know, pull your players in coverage. You know, it says a lot about this offense. We all know, you know, it's a passing team, Rodo Beckham, and they've added like they've, they've added um, Brandon Marshall. They've got their new rookie tight ends. Do you know what I mean? They've got they've they've got. It's a passing team, and now they've lost they've lost three of the weapons. Don't have a run game, so the season's pretty much over. So. It was really easy to kind of game plan against the Giants' offense, but now the team seems to have like you know, seasons seems to have imploded and seems like it's all over already. At week five, and um, it could be, I think it could be better than the Scouts because they could probably draft uh, top QB and then you know, and then if they you know if they tank the season, we could be looking at QBs to you know fill in uh, replace Eli in the long term. 
Um, let's talk about the AFC South. <laughs> it's crazy. The Jaguars are free of two. Uh, the Jaguars, Jaguars, the Jaguars are relying on a young, great, but very talented defense. We wouldn't know that we've seen the talent with the likes of Jalen Ramsey and Co. And um, Fowler on this place, I forgot some players there. Um, they've always been talented, but you know they've never been able to get it right. But this defense finally seems to have gelled and learned and grown up and matured. The issue for the Jaguars is the offense <laughs> missing. You know they've they've they lost players to injuries. Um, Robertson, I think Robertson is injured, so you know a lot a lot more responsibilities put is being put on Blake Ward's hand. However, Leonard Fournette, you're seeing a stud. He ran all over the Steelers all weekend, so they've got a running game. Which means that they're not asking balls to throw. But the thing is, in tight games, when you're asking balls to win, win it for you, <clears throat> that's when you start to make mistakes. <clears throat> and that's when you see his deficiency. So, 3 and 2, they put the division. Could they win it? I think they're benefiting from injuries to the teams in the division, just like the Texans. Texans have lost Whitney Merciless and JJ Watt for the year. Two big, big defensive weapons. However, on the flip side, Sean Watson is playing lights out. Rookie, which who I touted, touted as you know one of the hot prospects. I've seen him. What he did for Clemson, people just shoot me now. They're, no, 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 no. He will be good, and he's playing well. The only thing about Watson is he started to play. It's proven that it does not last long. So until he can, one, one thing I would like about him, you know, they've game planned for him. And he's also learning. I've seen a lot of pocket throws from him, so he's, it's not as if he's just a scrambling in you know, a running QB. He can, you know, throw a launch that ball. So I'm confident that he can improve and learn and get better and become the QB, franchise QB for the team. And with a decent season, they probably my favourite. So they probably are my favourite for this for this division, despite the fast starting jugglers. As for the Titans, Maria's out, and until he's back on the on the field, the season for the team's over. <clears throat> and Matt Castle is just is the answer. See if I have seventeen, and when you're calling at Matt Castle, you know just call it quits for your season because it's just it's just not the one. Especially when your running game is going well, it's just not the person to rely on. So I think until Matt Castle comes back, I think the Titans are the things are looking really bleak for them. And the Colts two and three, they won two games with Andrew Luck. But I said I said before the season started that I don't think that. Luck would play probably you know more than ten games a season. You know what I mean? And I'm almost there. So it's turned it's uh it's week four. Well, we're heading into week six now. And um I've taken the field. I think he'll be cleared to practice soon. Or maybe he has already been cleared to practice, so maybe it's not a long time until we see him, but he's not gonna be the same as the luck. So the season is pretty much a wrap for this team. They've got Jimmy you know, they've got Jacoby Reset in the in the in the on the center there. But again, he's just there as a band-aid, he's not really doing much for a team that's really the pride of a lot of talent. The NFC South. The Panthers are 4-1 and they're looking at one of the best teams in the league. Um, despite losing it at home to the Saints, it's only been a great start for them. Cam is playing it with a lot more maturity. Uh, he's throwing in a the pocket. They've lost Greg Olsen, but he's still, you know, finding receivers. Um, they've been Kevin Benjamin. So, and we've got Chris and McCann, McCaffrey. You're catching passes out of the backfield, so <clears throat> this team is gelling again. Defense with Luke Keekly back is playing well. Um, dare I say that this team is playing like the team is by the 15 of the Super Bowl? Um, 
maybe not to that level, but when the Panthers are firing above offensive defense, it is a scary sight because they can get in a groove where they can't be stopped, where it becomes a shoot and it becomes or it becomes a my defense gets your defense kind of game and their defense can turn the ball over, the defense can score, you know. So it's very they're very dangerous team to worry about. Which only makes you know it's going to make their NFC South really interesting because you have the uh, Falcons who are three and one from a bad week. However, the Falcons, Matt Ryan is not playing well. Uh, they've lost Julio Jones and Mahomes Sanu to injuries, so they've lost two big players <coughs> in the aerial game. And now they already had a good run game, but their good run game allowed the you know their their you know, the passing game to be you know to excel. But they've lost two of their best receivers. And are a lot more focused than we call on Kevin Coleman and you know the bounce of Freeman. So it's gonna be a testing time with Falcons team because they need to bounce back from this. Um how do they you know they lost against the in the Bills in the last outing for the Derby. So how do they bounce back from that? Um I think they're still good enough to you know they 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 they're still good enough that you can't just count them out. These are the reigning NFC, NFC champions. So um, it's just worrying that, you know, Ryan is a player one they've lost two of the best weapons. So it's going to be something to watch out going through. I'm, I'm heading, heading uh, further down the season. Um, well, the Saints, two and three. Same problems with the Saints. No running game. Defense is rubbish. And it's all you know, left to Drew Brees. Drew Brees is right up. And he can't keep passing this off out of these kind of, you know, out of these situations, you know, there are holes in the team, real big holes in the team. They brought an agent precedent to kind of fill the run game and they didn't work out. He's gone to Arizona. Um, so, you know, what next for the Saints? Just the same problem. I think until they can sort out a defense and, you know, maintain a good running game, this team is, you know, this team is set to go the same same way every single year. 7-9, and 9-7, 8-8. Bay. Um... Like Miami, they were, they, were, they were the other team to be affected by the hurricane. And uh, there, Miami started the week in week two, the season in week two. And this is a team where more it's been more of a kicker's controversy as first to anything else, where they got Roberto Aguayo during hard knocks in the offseason. Now Nick Falk, who won that kicker's battle, was gone. Um, they now already lost to the Pats last week, but it's difficult for the Bucs. And you can expect more of these games with James Winston as a But Winston is... You know, full one on one overall pick, and he's supposed to be a lot better off, especially in a better place than he is right now. But he seems to be making them silly mistakes still. And you saw it in, in Hard Knocks, where he had these errant throw, throws, where you know he was getting picked off. And that's just same as Winsweet. On his day, he can be a very good QB, but the term on his day implies that you're inconsistent. And that is Jamie Winston, a very inconsistent quarterback, but you can see the talents there. He needs a coach that's going to be able to kind of, you know, Raining those, raining his, he's um, he's you know he's uh, the way he, the way you know the way he plays and it almost I wouldn't even call it a freestyle way way he rises, but he's that kind of creepy when things go wrong he doesn't go for his natural progression he likes to just improvise and just start running a break in the pocket he needs to learn I think he needs a coach that's gonna allow him to kind of learn the position a bit more better. So he can improve on his really good skills. He's got the talent there, but he just needs somebody who's going to nurture that talent. And I know that you know teams aren't patient, but when you've got a talent like that, you have to protect that talent. You've got to nurture the talent. I think once now that they've got Doug Martin back, he should improve things. 
And also, once they get Deshaun Jackson, Jalen Reno, things are going to be a lot better for this team. They could make the playoffs. They always, every year, this team always gets in the peripheries of the playoffs. And when they come to the last three or four weeks, they kind of fall off. So, <clears throat> it's, it's time to make that leap. It's time for this team to make the leap. Um, the, moving to the AFC West, the best division in football. Chiefs are 5-0. And they've been labelled as the best team in the league, so I'm just going to find reasons to persuade you that they're not. Um, they relied less than 20 points when you watched the season, so it's not as if the defence playing lights out. And they lost Eric Berry to this footer for the season, which is really, really sad. One of my favourite players in the league. Um, so this, this team isn't as good defending. The defence isn't as good as, you know, it could be. We saw against, you know, against the Texans. Regardless of, that, regardless of garbage time points, Sean Jackson was able to kind of pick out this defense with, you know, a lot deep throw, deep throw, deep throw. And um, it's going to be a course of full some stones going forward. But going on offense, they got so many weapons. Kareem Hunt is amazing, revelation. But Alex Smith finding the targets. So <clears throat> Tyreek Hill, you've got Travis Kelsey, you've got all these weapons. So this team is a way of having no team, but the holes are there to be exploited. So. You may see that, especially in this favorite competitive division, which probably where their best competition is going to come from in this conference. The Broncos, it's how you beat the Broncos. If you start for the Broncos run game and ask Simeon to throw, you're going to, be, you're, you're going to half your task because the other half of this task is this one of these guys. This is the best team that's in the NFL. So don't you ever kid yourself. They can now stop the run. They can also, you know, like I said, you know, we've seen that they know fly zone ground, taking areas. They have linebackers who can, you know, support in the run and support in the passing game. Um, how to beat this? How to slow this defense down? Do what the Falcons said. You know, have two able running backs who can spread out, catch balls out of backfield. You know, the linebackers want to work with them. You know, but not every team has that luxury, especially not every team in the NFC. The only team probably could do that is the Chiefs, but I don't think they have the QB who can, you know. Even just despite playing so well, I saw Chris as I don't think they are as fluid as our Falcons and able to do that. But that's how you defeat this team. You have to, you know, stop their running game and at the same time take their take their linebackers out of the game, allowing you to run run the ball down the gut. Um, but if the team will succeed, it's going to be the defense, as it was a Manning's winning season. So we're going to see, you know, what what's in store for the Broncos, especially now they come off their bye week. So it's now a number for them. Because we've seen how windows, how quickly windows shrink in this league. The Raiders. Um, started off so well for them. Turn three now, but they've lost Derek Carr for, the, you know, for a few weeks. Seems like he's going to be out. With, I think it's the back injury. Um, Marshall Lynch isn't running the board the way he used to in the first team game. He was in the first team game. So Amari Cooper struggling. Um, it's going to be a test in a few weeks. So, you know, Derek Carr's injury. Um, players not really performing well. So, um, yeah. Tough times for this team. You know, Hedrick came at the wrong time. Um, the Chargers, 1-4. And they were two kicks away from being 2-3. and 3-2, three, three and two, sorry. Um, <clears throat> Kicker, young, young Ho has gone off the team. I was going to say that, <laughs> Young Ho. And um, they finally won a game. I'm watching the game after beating the Giants, away for Giants in New York. But um, it would be hard for them to build on that in this very competitive division. You know, it's a, it's a game of more fine margins. And... Chargers for the last three, two or three seasons have been losing games by a margin, so they need to kind of get over that kind of hoodoo, that kind of hurdle, and start winning again. Um, 
Let me move on to the NFC West now. Seahawks are three and two, but they could easily be two and four. I'm oh, sorry, um, they could easily be um two and three. Um, the O line is horrible. Uh, Russell Wilson is one of my favorite players in the league because I think he's um a small QB and he's given less credit than he deserves. He's a very smart QB and he seems to be always running for his life because of his O line. O line is terrible. Can't run the ball. Eddie Lacy doesn't see. You know, still seems like isn't doing what you know I thought he'd do well I didn't know how bad his O-line was and he's not doing well because he can't run the ball he can't run the ball as well also running for a lot getting sacked um there's not really many weapons out there apart from Doug Baldwin um you know Jim Graham is a shadow as well myself still dealing with injuries as per so this offense isn't firing on all cylinders and they can really they can like I said they were one catch away from being two and three um it's crazy because the defense is still a playmaking defense as we saw against the rams but it's not the same it's not the same lob defense legion of boom defense the team has lost you know they've lost uh, players in some positions whether injuries or the team and the team doesn't look as dominant defense as what does as it once did so um it's I think until it's going to be one of the seasons where the Seahawks are going to be involved in battles every single week, and that's what we've been seeing. We're going to carry on seeing that for the season. And the Rams today just beat on on, on, Saturday, on Sunday, at three and two, and it could easily be at the top of the division. I alone at the top of the division, at four and one, but they one pass, Jared Goff pass away from you know drop pass away from the game, and Goff has improved. Maybe not as much as Wentz improved, but he's improved. This whole team has improved. I think the depressing news that Fisher are behind them. And you finally see the talent for Gurley. He's playing like you know, he's playing like he played with Sword this rookie season. You know, um, so Goff's playing better. The team actually, you're actually able to watch this team and enjoy this. And they're scoring points. Like they're they're three on two. They could be four on one. So it's going to be interesting to see how this team performs going down the stretch. Um, evident by the winning, the win, the winning Dallas is a testament to this. So fair enough, in that it was it was all done off the leg of the kicker. But you know. They won games which they probably would have lost last season. Um, Cardinals two and three, probably the most disappointing two and three team out there. They seem have so much talent on both sides of the board, especially their defense. They seem so talented at defense, but the problem is that the team is hindered by Carson Palmer, this archaic old man. Um, terrible line. They lost David Johnson, couldn't run the ball, and asking the old man to kind of like do things that he's beyond his face, his quick abilities, and we've seen the result two and three. Using a lot of key games, but they drafted the agent Peterson. Maybe not the problem solver, but he's going to help in the running game, maybe alleviate the pressure. Um, Place on Carson Palmer. So it's going to be a long season for them. Could be a season of where they've got to look forward to, you know, 2018 because they were David Johnson, a terrible QB, and that's a lot of distraction. So yeah. But the defense is still going to be doing, you know, there or thereabouts. You know, got a lot of talent on that defense. Um, finishing off here with. The perfect way to end it all um around five forty nine is this could be um Kirk Cousins and Line Sport next year. Max Shanahan's coach now. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a rebuilding job. I mean I think it's gonna be like another two season two seasons before this team is back to the team that you know, made it super bowl. Uh, the team that bowed out with the Seahawks all um, a few years ago. And there's just so many holes in this team. I think there's more holes in this team around the Browns. But I think this team 
plays with a lot more spirit than the Browns. I think they've got a better coach than the Browns. Not, I think to say that um, Shanahan is a better coach than um, Jackson actually is, is kind of incorrect. They're both very good coaches, but I think Jackson is more of a people manager and he's always, you know, he knows how to talk to the QBs running backs, whereas Shanahan knows how to install systems that are going to work. And I think that's why this team will be a lot better off right now, despite having less talented players than the Browns. But, um, yeah, I got carried away there, sorry. <laughs> that was all for two teams I went through. Um, it's myself and Inouye for the NFL Roundup. I wish I could do more, but doing a show by yourself is very, very hard. So I'm hoping to get you back once he's resurfaced. And obviously, me and Rilla will get back. Hopefully, get Rilla back to the regular NFL slot. But I really hope you enjoy this, and um, thank you for listening. <laughs>